I am Lucas Mack, and I'm on a mission to see the hurting get healed and the healed go out and heal others in order for all of us to experience the true love and light we desire. This podcast is me sharing my journey with you so you don't feel alone in your journey. Welcome to the Golden Rule Revolution. Hello, brothers and sisters, and welcome back to another episode of the Golden Rule Revolution. I am Lucas Mack. Thank you for joining me. I'm excited to bring today Dan Zaner on the podcast. He and I got connected through a mutual friend, and he is a beautiful brother who is an author and working on a book to help men reframe what being a healthy man looks like. And this is a beautiful conversation. Um, Dan brings his vast knowledge of his career with him in this conversation. And it's really just a beautiful conversation, like I said. So thank you, brother Dan and everyone enjoy. All right, my brother, Dan Zaner, not, not uh, be pronounced any other way. Excited to have you on brother. And um, what an interesting journey of how you and I even got connected, you know, through, <laughs> through, <laughs> through. we're like that adventuring party in like all the dungeons and dragons module that like we somehow <laughs> randomly met in a bar and now we're going and fighting dragons together exactly. you know exactly dude i love it man i'm glad we did get connected and just a pleasure to have you on brother yeah pleasure to be here uh big shout out to our, our mutual good friend Derek chalk for uh yes. for linking us up although we have many other tendrils that connect our tangled web yeah that's uh, right that's right that was the the one that finally broke through <laughs> that's right that's good and uh such a beautiful brother to make the introduction to and yes he is I'm excited about it man I'm, I'm excited to share what you're up to and hear um what you're doing but before we even get into everything you're doing now i would love to just hear where you grew up and your background and and how you got into the impactful work you're doing right now. Yeah, so it, it's really funny. Um my my <laughs> where I grew up. So my 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 publisher asked me before I answer questions like that. <laughs> like, hey, you know, you got this great story, you want to tell people about uh um the adventures that just a normal guy can can go on um we've got i've got some really great stories about that on my on my blog mm. you're gonna put a note to that in the show notes later but anthem of the for anybody it goes through a lot of that backstory and some of the the trials and tribulations along the way but um our mutual friend derek chalk and i actually grew up in the same place. Oh, really? <laughs> we no went way. to the same middle school, Chippewa Middle School in uh, Shoreview, Minnesota, three years apart. <laughs> Did you guys know each other? No. That's crazy. We didn't. Yeah, we had no idea until um, a few years into working together, a couple years into working together that, um, you know, I moved away when I was 12. So like when we, we would have gone to high school together and probably would have run into each other. But yeah, never knew. Wow. <laughs> So yeah, I'm Minnesotan. Um, grew up in the Twin Cities area until I was 12, and then we we moved to uh, Central Illinois. Mm. Um, all through high school there, um, I watched Hunt for Red October way too much and <laughs> wanted to become a mechanical engineer to work on submarines, and that's what I did. Went to the University of Illinois, like the rest of my family did, mm. um, 
and got a degree in mechanical engineering, met my wife in the marching band. Um, and now we've been married for almost uh, 13 and a half years. We've got three kids. We're, we're living in Oregon after a stint in Connecticut, nine years in Indiana. And uh, as of uh, se seven months ago, we uh, we're now out in Eugene. <laughs> wow. Amazing. And what about the subs? You never, you never worked on them, but you worked on some other cool stuff, right? So I, I did actually work on submarines for five years. Uh, I worked at a shipyard as a hydraulic systems engineer um, with a, a shipyard that built submarines for the Navy. Wow. Um, out, out in Groton, Connecticut. And every morning, one of my favorite things was walking into work and seeing a submarine coming up the river to the sub base and go, we that's amazing. <laughs> that's amazing. Like I'm a part of the team that built that. Although, you know, I was, I was kind of given the, the, the side eye to the designers who were actually getting to draw the things that get built and go, man, they get to do the cool stuff or the machinists <laughs> or the weld, you know, the pipe fitters go, man, they actually get to do the stuff. I'm a, you know, spreadsheet in a building that was built in 1946 <laughs> <laughs> did you ever get like, to go in subs oh yeah I, every friday afternoon that i got done with work early enough um uh, that was my favorite thing like i'd go down whatever ship was under construction or wow. you know they'd have uh, one or two ships coming in for overhaul at a time and i'd just poke around and the beauty of having a security clearance you can go a lot of fun places in a submarine you can't talk about in public that's uh, cool that's really cool so, I would just sit in the in the engine room and just look at everything that's you know coated in hydraulic fluid and go wow mm. the stories and talk to the guys who work there and you know try not to be in the way yeah. uh, or I'd go watch the the machinists turn torpedo tubes on a lathe or the big five axis CNC machines making hull valves and and things like that it was just wow. awesome amazing that's so cool when never went underway on one though that was one of one of a couple of regrets, uh, you know, I never got to go on sea trials or, or anything mm. like that. So I didn't actually go on a, on a ship when it was uh, out in the water. Mm, that would have been cool. Well, there's still time. Let's see, Maybe someday. Let's see, let's see if uh, one of our friends can buy us a personal sub. You know, everyone talks right. about yeah. uh, Well, they, they do tiger jet. cruises. So right. they do these things called tiger cruises where like the the crew goes out, uh, you know, while while they're in port and they can bring friends and family along um journalists from time to time get to go down on submarines so you know cool yeah there's still hope there's still hope there's still hope <laughs> you know, it's funny i guess it's probably more hassle to do it but you always hear like people the the billionaires flying private jets but you don't hear too often people taking private subs to <laughs> no because submarines are way more complicated than jets yeah, like it's a spaceship but it goes underwater, which has way more danger and pressure and all sorts of things that can go wrong than space. Wow. That's amazing. This is so cool. So I want to hear when the, the call for adventure and when the call for man, freedom um, rang your soul. Yeah. So it, it's um, a couple of times. So I was in, in boy Scouts as a kid. Hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm an Eagle scout. And uh, my my dad would not let me quit. Like mm -hmm. I really, I actually wanted to quit Scouts, but he wouldn't let me because mm -hmm. he knew it was good for me, like usual. <laughs> yeah. um, so I became an Eagle Scout, and then like any but most other people who who get their Eagle Scout, they use it on their resume to get them into a job building submarines or something equivalently dream jobby for you. 
And then you forget about what's good about being an Eagle Scout is you know how to do things like survive in the wilderness with a shelter you built with your own hands and how to use a pocket knife and tie all sorts of cool knots and first aid. And I remember some of that, but I forgot why it's awesome is because you can build off of all those skills as a as a grown up Mm. and you can deepen them and find other things that you love in the wilderness with other people doing hard things. And I completely let that part of myself go dormant for a season mm. while I was at the shipyard and yeah, figuring out what a new marriage looked like and, and all that kind of thing. But um, after our second of our three kids was born, uh, Jane was, she was about a year and a half old or so. Mm. Uh, I'm part of a, a men's group online and we are all reading Wild Heart together. John Eldridge. It, it broke up for a sec, but Wild at Heart by John Elders. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And funnily enough, I was listening to the audiobook on a work trip to Oregon, to mm. Corvallis. Mm. And I'm listening to John talk about his childhood where he'd spend summers on the ranch in Central Oregon with his grandpa. And I go, wow, wouldn't that be cool if mm. we could live in a place like that where our, yeah. I could do that for our kids? Yeah. And myself, <laughs> but that'll never happen. Mm. Not possible. But like God wouldn't let that go, and mm-hmm. so I I got the the honor to actually ask John about that on a video call. We got like I don't know fifty or sixty of us on Zoom from that group together, and we could ask John some questions. And I jumped in first. I was like, "Hey, John." What do I do? <laughs> it feels like somebody's rang my soul like a gong, and I like I don't know what to do with this. It feels way bigger than me. And he and you know he just laughed. He's like, "That's awesome, mm. love that." Mm. You should talk to God about that. And I'm like, "Okay, John, I've been in church all my life, but I never had a two way conversation with God. What does that even look like?" Mm. You're like, "He's speaking all the time. Mm. You just got to ask him, and it doesn't have to be anything big." what's my next step who are my allies Mm. and just listen like okay i can do that thankfully he also had another book called walking with god which i then read four times Mm. (laughs) that goes into how that looks in the life of a a guy very much like me who you know has three kids and is going through all the crazy and yeah showing what that looks like um and and i heard hey you should start a podcast about adventure and here's the people you should invite to it like okay Mm. all 12 of them said yes i'm like well i guess i got a podcast about adventure (laughs) and and then it just started this exploration of like what does adventure really mean why is it important what does it look like in various seasons of life in various forms Mm. and and now um it's gotten to where where i'm writing my own book on it and how important it is to to do hard things to venture into the unknown to walk through really tough seasons of life and just not give up um and to be able to co-create things with god i I like to call say like every um i especially speak with businesses like because that's kind of a easily translatable thing for someone who owns it for someone who owns a business like every business is on an expedition yeah yeah you want something for yourself for the people on your team for the people that you serve you have a goal in mind, but then there's a goal behind that goal, which is to be able to tell a really good story Mm. to your grandkids. Yeah. 
hey, remember that time that we did this thing? Or you see this watch that we made with a little fruit on it? Yeah. You know, we made that. Our team made that. And millions of people are enjoying that. Mm. But to get there, we need three things. You need a path. You need provision. And you need people. Mm. So on an expedition, you need a map. And you need to be able to translate that map and actually understand what all the little symbols mean on it. Like if you're climbing a mountain, you're going to need a good topographical map and you're going to need to understand all the lines mean on it. You don't need Google Maps. You don't need a map of roads because roads don't go where you need to get. Mm. So in business, you need to understand really well, why are you here? Your purpose. You know, that little marker on the map that says you are here and here's where you want to like you need that for your business. Yeah. You need to understand the environment that you're in and where you're playing and what's the what's the terrain ahead. You need some milestones and categories to cover mm -hmm. and possible uh, problems that could come up and some solutions for those before they are staring you in the face. Yeah. Eagle Scout style. Absolutely. Be prepared. Right. Yeah. Yep, yeah. Carry a pocket knife. That's right. Know how to use it. Yeah. Have a sharpener. Right. Know how to sharpen it. Yeah. That's beautiful. Basically. And then you need the you need the provision side, right? Like you can't go towards the summit of that mountain without water. Mm. That would be stupid. Right. You can't go into a cave without a flashlight. That'd be stupid. Mm. You don't go into a really hard business decision without some knowledge, without some skills, without some experience, without some resources. That'd be stupid. Mm. You'd be irresponsible to do that. Right. And we need to trust that our father wants to provide those things for us hmm. through guides, through help, through other people, which gets to the third point. Like, imagine you're on that mountaineering expedition. You need to be clipped into a rope hmm. as a team. Yeah. So that when the blizzard hits, not if, when, yeah. you all can stay together going in the same direction and nobody gets blown off the side of the mountain. But for that to happen, your equipment needs to be sound and you need to know how to use it. Mm. And everybody needs to have clearly defined roles. Who's going to go first? Who's going to go last? Who's in the middle? Who's carrying what? What right. is being carried? You need to have clearly communicated responsibilities and ways of communicating that are effective and understood by everybody on the team. You need connection. You need to be authentic with each other, vulnerable with each other. You got to trust the person in front of you and behind you yeah. with your life and not just on the mountain, but in real life. Right. Right. You need to be able to say this person on my team, their needs are more important than my needs. Their concerns are more important than my concerns. And everybody on the team has to do that or it doesn't work. Hmm. Hmm. And you need resilience, right? You need you need mental, physical, emotional, spiritual resilience. When the chips are down, when things like you and I were talking about before we got on the recording here happen in life, you need to be able to have something in the tank. Yeah, that's right. To keep going. That's right. You know, I wrote a book, uh, came out, got published in 2017. I don't talk about it too often, but if I have a copy of it somewhere. It's titled... Um, Oh yeah, here you 
So it's titled "Everyone Has a Plan Until They Get Punched <laughs> in the Face." <laughs> Little did I yes. know that would be a theme for life for me. Um, it's but, so true, uh, and it is true. Life without that, and the whole premise of the book is you know, the bylines: how to develop your story and achieve your dreams. And, and it's exactly what you're saying: is like without the purpose, without your the why, getting punched, you're gonna quit. You know, no one wants to just jump in a ring to get beat up. Like, hey, what are you doing? And, just- and even more so, what if you planned to get punched in the face? Yeah. If you without- expected it ahead of time. Yeah, good point. And you trained appropriately mm. and you conditioned appropriately and you practiced appropriately that when that punch came, you'd be like, cool, blocked, done. Yep. 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 <laughs> I don't know what I'm thinking have you ever seen the uh, movie? It came out a long time ago. Kung Pao Enter the Fist. It's so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. It is one of the most ridiculous movies ever. But it was, there's this premise in it where they're like they trained whip this character. It's so funny that I remember this. But they purposely trained him wrong. And so when he got beat up, he thought he won. <laughs> it was so ridiculous. <laughs> oh, gosh, so good. Oh. He's like, your foot in my face, baby. (laughs) (laughs) But so often it feels like companies, especially working with business leaders, that they're jumping in the ring and they're just getting beat up and they don't have the purpose or understanding of how to navigate this. Especially I find I work with enterprise companies and then also startups and have my own startup. Mm -hmm. It's The issues are, are the same. It doesn't matter the size of the company because it's a human. Yeah knowledge gap that is needed which is so cool that you're helping companies with this and your book and podcasts and all that you're you're working on yeah it's it's really interesting like let's say that path is is askew for you mm-hmm. you may think you're killing it and you're making all these moves and you're doing all these things but in reality you're doing donuts in the parking lot yeah yeah like speed does not equal velocity velocity implies a direction Mm. yeah that's great velocity is what we want velocity is good speed is not necessarily good Mm. what makes people go or how do people get gain uh, velocity velocity then so this is my engineer hat we'll, we'll take yeah. off my adventure hat and put my yeah. engineer hat on so yeah. so the the equation that defines velocity is speed times a vector mm-hmm. like a direction hmm. so it is it is a speed applied to a particular direction so is the direction vision or what would you apply that to yeah it's best? that it's that overarching purpose yeah like here is the environment, especially the emotional environment and that we want to produce mm. and that which we want to avoid. What are some what are some examples that you've seen that companies you've worked with or leaders you've worked with that they thought they might have had a good plan jumping in the ring, but they didn't? And how were you able to help them? Yeah. Um, we talked, I've talked with, uh, actually a guy who ran, um, a department in a hospital Hmm. and he was like, oh man, I'm I'm checking things off the to-do list and we're doing Hmm. all these things, but I get home and I'm exhausted Hmm. and I don't have time for my kids. Yeah. Like, wow, 
Sounds like your direction is a little miscalibrated, buddy. Mm. And it was hard, but over the course of the better part of a year, and and honestly, him like not being able to get into our program for a, a, a period of time as well, and then coming back and then finally having enough bandwidth to do it. Mm. And we worked together and was like, okay, let's define what success looks like for you. Like, oh, well, I never really thought about that. And we did. And he was able to communicate that to his team. And so they're all like, oh, I get it. Mm. My livelihood, my feelings of success depends on my ability to produce feelings of success for my boss. Mm. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. We are now oriented. We are now rowing in the same direction. Mm. But we're still spinning our wheels we don't have traction yet and so we we worked through some gaps in his team and some gaps in his own personal behavior that he needed to work on and some gaps that he could inform his team about that old like take the plank out of your own eye before you comment on the spec in your brother's eye we did a bit of that hmm. and then my favorite we got to talk about go ruck uh we talked about mental physical and emotional um resilience and how those are connected and how doing hard physical things helps to build our tank mm. from which all three of those draw mm. and doing choosing the harder thing is what puts deposits in that tank so that you have something to draw from mm. and so we started talking about his sleep patterns and his workout patterns and his where he was putting his attention online and all that kind of stuff. And over time, started to see some results. It was like, hey, I'm less exhausted now. And my team is doing better. And they're doing better without me. Mm, that's beautiful. How is I'm going to deviate for a second on this, but how has your spiritual life evolved? You, you mentioned that you grew up, you know, in Man. Christian church. And then, you know, we talked, you know, obviously God is a reference point of this podcast but how has your spiritual life evolved from childhood to where you are today yeah i've been able to relate to god better in my suffering mm. than in my success <laughs> like when i feel like absolute crap and i actually choose to like pay attention to that and sit mm. with it long enough and I don't medicate it or numb it with something. And I actually talk to God about it or sometimes yell at him about it. Yep. Yep. I've had some really wonderful exchanges. Hmm. And it hasn't been sunshine's, sunshine and rainbows. But one, one of the things that's been interesting is, so since we moved to Oregon, I learned something very valuable. The only way you get a rainbow is after rain. Hmm. Mm -hmm. And every rainbow is a reminder of God's promise. Mm. Like that's the original intent of that. And we're not going to go down that deep rabbit hole about how that symbol has been co-opted mm -hmm. for other things. But like every time I see a rainbow out here, which is kind of often now. Yeah. Because yeah. it rains all the freaking time. <laughs> <laughs> you got to keep that green somehow. You got to keep the green. Yeah. The, the, the rain brings the green. Yeah. Um, and then he has been kindly but painfully dismantling my ways of supporting myself on my own apart from him mm. we've lost relationships and friendships and 
career opportunities and church stuff and family stuff and physical stuff and mental st- like financial stuff like all of it hmm. any anything that i mean and we're not done yet yeah and any way that i could support myself apart from him is not working and many people i mean we've talked about this too like i i go there sometimes i'm not perfect uh i'm not god but in those moments if i go towards i'm being led rather than this sucks and god is not only non-existent but evil Mm -hmm. sometimes i go there Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but more and more often by single degree shifts i'm able to see or at least trust that i'm being led somewhere Mm -hmm. beautiful yeah yeah uh there's a really great quote by um wendell berry at the end of his book jaber crow i don't know if you're familiar with that not the boat i know dude the book is great um Mm -hmm. it's like it's like spiritual whiskey it's like (laughs) well distilled you can really only do it a sip yeah yep paraphrase because it's a long quote but the the idea is like so he's this man is in his 80s and he's looking back on his life and he's talking about how at many times in his life it felt like he was going through the dark forest of error or you know these twists and turns and not feeling like anything was going the way it was supposed to but then he's looking back and he's like i i can see now with the like the long lens of time or something like that um that i was being Uh, that I was taking the straightest path possible. Hmm. And I can't shake the feeling that somehow I'm being led. Hmm. And and he leaves it with like, make of that what you will. Like he doesn't prescribe anything either, which is just like so playful. That's beautiful. It's really good. And so um, I'm around a lot of other men who are living in that same spirit, who are really helping me interpret like all the crazy stuff that is happening in this season of life in my mid thirties when everything seems to be falling down around my ears. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. It's beautiful. The, um, you know, we, we talked our first conversation, I think, and, and second, just the view of God and the different conversations I've had, mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, I just did a podcast recently. I think you said, you listen to it where I'm just like, sometimes, man, I, God and I just, drag out fight and i'm never in this interesting phase in my spiritual life right now because i love god with every fiber of my being like i love god <laughs> and then the question one day i was like and i've always loved god even even in the midst of the most heinous abuse and like horrible i've always loved god i've always like kind of been with god in, in a you know a, like left out of my body and has been with God. But one day I was in, I was meditating and I was like, God, I love you. But I'm like, who, who is the God that I love? Like, who are you? Like, and, and since I've asked that, <laughs> like, I love you, God, I say this, but who are you that I love? Like, what is this? Mm-hmm. What does even the word God mean? Like, why, why do we say it? What is this sound of vibration that we speak of? And since then, and I can, I know exactly when it was, it was in 2021 in my garage, when I was meditating on my workout mat, that I asked that question, 
And since then, bro, it has been a crazy journey of relearning my my relation and position to God. Yeah. Where God yeah, I had an experience like that huge. Oh, go for it, recently with a really dear friend of mine who is um, growing in the practice of healing prayer. And we we were praying together and he was guiding me through this exercise of like how and where I experienced Jesus like mm. bodily. And he's he was uh we could try this. So um imagine an a really positive experience, like think thinking through a really positive experience lately. Mm. And like so if you're listening to this, pause the audio here and until you can get it. Like a, like the most amazing thing that you've you've experienced, mm. and then like see it. What do you see? Smell it. What do you smell? Hear it. What do you hear? Like go through all your five senses. Mm. And then he asked me. So my experience, like, was skiing. So I was telling him about the you know the the sun on my face and the wind and and the whoosh of the snow under my skis and the crunch of the ice as I turned and, mm. and all that. And he's like, well, where's Jesus? And it, a lot of, and it felt most of the time, like he was having fun skiing along with me, like beside me or in front of me or something. And, mm. and then he asked me something like, well, what if you invited him in? And it was just this experience, this interesting idea of like, oh, wow. Like, like he's there, mm -hmm. but my perception of him is he's outside somewhere. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I started thinking through this idea, like experience and like, wow, what if he was like wearing me like a get a set of ski gloves and a coat almost. Mm. And I get to be him, but be me, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's beautiful. Like just in the way that people experience my wonderful gloves that our mutual friend larry recommended to me mm -hmm. they get to see that and see me wearing them they see jesus wearing me hmm. you know, i'll tell you about a story about jesus uh two of them one is one of my coaching clients son came to her just the other day and said i had an awakening mom and she's like what and he if this was from a nap he woke up from a nap and he said i haven't i had an awakening she goes what he goes, like you, I've had an awakening like you. And she says, what? He goes, well, tell me about it. And he told her this dream. And in the dream, he shares what he saw that made him devastatingly sad. And then mm. he looked up and, he, and th this is not a religious household. This is not a, so this is, I would call it just not, not a Christian household. Okay. So this, what he saw is mind blowing. He said, I looked up and this is an 11 year old boy. Cause I looked up and I saw Jesus standing right in front of me, just looking at me with his hand out. And his mom goes, she told me this day. She goes, well, what did he say? And she goes, he goes, he didn't say anything. He just made me feel like everything's going to be okay. Wow. I know. I was like, wow. And this is the second story I've heard of Jesus showing up to people who don't come from that, that religious paradigm at all nor would they ever say the name reverently 
mm-hmm. telling me a story in the past two weeks that Jesus has shown up to them. And it's so beyond beautiful, I think, is that we're rediscovering. So yeah. Many will come in my name. There will be many false uh, prophets and many that come in my name, but my sheep will know my voice. And it's like, what, what is the voice of Jesus? You know, it's like you getting asked, like, well, where was he? It's like, well, good question. Where, where is he? But when we bring him in and allow him to see through our eyes and we have this co-experience together, it's beautiful. Yeah. Another, another friend of mine guided me in this. Uh, I was telling, telling him about like this crazy season that we're in and and just feeling like, um, what I want is so unattainable. And what I want is um, this quote by Dallas Willard has really been orienting um, that to, to have a full life with God, you must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. Hmm. And I'm like, how in the world do I do that? <laughs> and so I was telling about all these things immediately. <laughs> yeah. Like immediately. Right. Yeah. Right, like, right. Right. <laughs> um, and, um, and we were going through all these things that were going on and like experiencing and, you know, unhelpful behaviors that I was doing. And, and he guided me through another experience where we basically like kind of went into my like heart space kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It was like, what does it look like? Mm-hmm. And, Long story short, I saw Jesus tending bar at a medieval tatter- tavern. Cool. <laughs> and it was full of like unsavory, unhelpful characters and like spider webs and things. And like over the course of this hour that we were going through, it was like cleaning up the different parts of the tavern. First, it was, you know, scrubbing out this kettle and then it was putting down better, you know, floorboards that were sound and patching yeah. the roof yeah. and fixing the door. And, and then eventually like, I, I like, what, in, what, what does this mean? And then eventually I saw this guy, I don't know how to describe him. He looked like Morgan Freeman, um, Sweet. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but he's, he's polishing this bar and he's like, do you like a drink? Mm. Like, yeah, I'm parched. And he pours me a glass of water. Mm. Mm. And we sit there and hang out. Mm. Beautiful. And it, like, when I hear people describe their experiences with Jesus, and then I don't experience him as often as I would like, I go to self-doubt and shame and dismissal mm-hmm. and all that. So mm-hmm. when you're hearing this, if this go- seems unattainable to you, it's it's not. Mm. Like I, I'm no more pious or righteous than anybody else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like that's not what makes Jesus attainable and, and, and able to be experienced, just who he is. Hmm. and and he can and and is experienceable if that's a word yeah. able to be experienced yeah yeah in in completely unique ways to every person like that's what makes him god hmm. yeah it's beautiful it's beautiful brother with this with the journey you've been on spiritually and then stepping into the the business world and helping leaders and in men specifically step into the fullness of who they can be, who they're called to be. 
what have you learned just from working with other leaders, even our, our mutual friends and stuff? Like, what have you learned about what makes a good leader and what makes a leader that could use some sharpening? Yeah. Funnily enough, one of the best leaders I've ever experienced, I've only met twice. Hmm. No, three times. I've talked to her three times. Um, I'm just pausing to see if it would be helpful to give her name. I don't think it would be now, but mm. happy to happy to introduce you. You guys should meet. Anyway, so I've experienced her business from afar, like through through YouTube, through Instagram. Mm. And every time I experience the heart of God mm. in a nurturing, caring, mm. compassionate, unhurried way. Yeah. And she on the on Zoom is exactly as she is in her her work teaching yoga online. Mm, beautiful. You know, that is a lady who is absolutely on fire full of the heart of the father. Mm. So what makes her a really good leader is she has created a culture where her entire team does that. Mm all together beautiful and so that anytime anyone they serve interacts with their business they see god mm. they feel loved they feel cared for yeah. they feel nurtured they feel they see beauty and um awe and and reverence and at and a slow pace mm. Mm. and with care yeah. and beautiful. and compassion so some of the best leadership I've ever experienced with her and with other people, they really deeply care for themselves, hmm. for the people under their care, and for those they serve. Hmm. And they act in accordance with that. Hmm. They, they take the time for deep, hard conversations. Yeah they're humble enough to admit when they're not the person to be leading the business mm. and to give it to someone else. They're humble enough to say, my way is not the right way. Let's consider a different course, mm. a different route to say, I don't have anything, everything figured out guys, gals, what kind of problems do you see coming down the path and let's solve them before they're right in front of our face. Yeah. Yeah. And let's do it together. And they're they're wise enough to know that they don't know everything. And so they're continually seeking to grow and gain more knowledge and impart mm. it to others. Yeah. Dude, that's beautiful. That's the um it's the adage that people don't remember what you say, but they remember how you made them feel. You know, that true leadership is understanding how you make someone else feel. And I think I told you in this call earlier, um, I was on a call earlier with this executive, C-level executive at a big company blew up another person on the call and just blew her up. Man, it was sad. And I'm like, that's not, I mean, that's not a leader. You might have the title. You're not a leader. You know, leadership is understanding how the impact we make on others. And it's either going to be a negative or it's going to be positive, you know? Yeah. And, and some of the things that I help people with is, is to untangle webs like that. So when we say leadership, like there is a lot of things underneath that. Mm. And there's a difference between leadership and management. Yeah. 
like to me, my distinction, and I'm not saying like I've got the authority on this, but I found a really helpful distinction from a mentor of mine. Mm-hmm. So a manager has that positional authority. Mm. They're the one who's responsible to make sure that the have a vision that it's carried out. Everybody's got what they need to do it and that they're protected and safe. Mm. The leader is the person who's doing the most effective producing of that vision at the particular time and that people want to follow them. Mm. Yeah, that's beautiful. And, and, and then there's character traits, not character traits. I actually misspoke there trying to explain it. There are what people would typically call character traits that are actually trainable skills Mm-mm. that yeah. make up a good leader. Yeah. Things yeah. like you mentioned respect, right? Like respect is taking a look at your environment and how you affect the people in it yeah. and actually acting in accordance with that. Right, right. Like... Uh, you can be disrespectful by just not paying attention mm. to your own power and the effect that you have on people through no ill intent. Uh, you can you can have the best intent, but be disrespectful just by not reading the room. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Bro, I used to have, so I had employees, and before I went on my healing journey, I got feedback from the employees that every time I, every time I had a conversation with a family member that was part of the issue that I broke away from, I'd come into the office and just be such a low vibe, but I wasn't aware that I'd walk in and everyone can feel it. Cause I'm usually high upbeat. Like, mm-hmm. so when I walked in low and I got the feedback, I'm like, man, that's interesting that I didn't, I wasn't aware. Sometimes we just need to be told in a gentle way, like, Hey, you know, this, this yeah. behavior affects, you know, people. Certainly. And, and what you're talking about there is, is you being a really good manager mm-hmm. and creating a culture where feedback is encouraged. Yeah. Yeah. And almost required to a certain extent. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And doing it in a way where it brings you guys and brings your people closer together and builds that connection and also helps influence your behavior. Yep. Man. Tell, share, you know, what the book you're working on and, you know, the, the, the people you're looking for to connect. That's, that's something everyone listening this Dan is such a, a beautiful yeah. brother, and I want you to connect with with people after this. Yeah, so I'm going to talk about the connection piece first because if you've listened to this point, you're you're my people, right? Mm. Um, so I'm gonna, I'm going to give you a phone number to text here. Like I want you to text me. Um, so you're going to text Lucas to five four one five four six zero seven nine nine. This is the number I specifically set up for the audience of this podcast. Cool. Um, cool. so we can have a chat. And really want to talk about what it looks. Way, and by the way, we'll put that number in the show notes. So if you missed yeah. it or you go back or we'll have that there. Yeah. So really want to talk about what it looks like to go on an expedition as a business, to, to do the hard things that bring us life mm. rather than prioritizing our own comfort. Mm. And, and what that actually means and what it looks like in, in real life in various ages and stages and things. And so I'm, I'm interviewing all sorts of people about that who are, who are small to medium-sized business owners who have had some measure of success who are like, you know, doing well in one area, but are maybe overwhelmed or overworked or just exhausted. Yeah. 
and and wanting to understand like what makes them tick like what are, what do they want that they don't have mm. and what's in the way of getting it so let's let's if you're up for it we can play this out yeah sure so for you as a podcast host of this show like yeah. what do you want for this podcast that you don't have right now hmm i would just say more 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 listeners more a broader audience what else Mm. more time to create more episodes huh and what else uh i'd love to have sponsorship on it okay yeah sponsorship more time to create more episodes mm -hmm. more people listening yeah. what's what's stopping you what's in the way uh, i would say time and priority mm -hmm. what's keeping this from being a priority well my family and the day the full-time day job right yeah 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 so that's like an all too common scenario of like very real good things mm. competing for that greatness yeah yeah. And that's 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 what I, I help people with is is being is going through those really tough decisions of like, hey man, I got a family, I got two businesses yeah. and a podcast and yeah. and this and that other iron in that fire. And yeah, yeah, man, it's exhausting. Yeah. Like, okay, let's let's pick them apart. Let's go through which one is going to get you towards your ultimate fulfilled integrated life with God the furthest, the fastest. Mm. I say fastest, but most effectively mm. with this as we mentioned velocity. earlier speed is not necessarily the yeah, goal that's right. true velocity that's right we want velocity we would rather have a couple of shuffles in the right direction mm. than a formula one car speeding off in the wrong direction yeah that's right that's right well i just encourage everyone that's listening that um as you just dan is a brilliant beautiful hearted brother and uh i'm so i'm seriously brother i'm honored that you came on and you can share this and and i'm looking forward to being in person with you we gotta we gotta do oh it my gosh yeah dude that, like like do you i can't remember do you like a mountain bike uh i've never mountain biked Ooh. so i can't well, we have an opportunity for you i like that or not like that <laughs> That's an NA on a questionnaire. I just give you an NA. <laughs> but I do I love to get out in the mountains and and get after it. Yeah. 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 Well, definitely let's uh let's work towards some some plans and 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 get out here cuz oh my gosh, like even when it's raining. Yeah. The cascades are beautiful. <laughs> Seriously. I know. I and know. even when it's blowing crazy, the Pacific is beautiful. Yeah. Yes it is. Yes it is. And you mind, I've never done this on a podcast, but do you mind if I pray with you? And I would love that. You prayed for me the other day and I appreciated it. And I'd love to pray. Father God, I thank you for my brother, Dan. And I thank you for everyone listening this, whatever God you're stirring in their hearts. I just pray that you stir up the good and stir out anything that's hindering them from the fullness of walking in your presence. And I pray that 
blessings over Dan, his family, me and my family, and every person listening all over the world. We bless you all. And thank you, Father God, for your love and your grace, your mercy, your truth, and that you are walking with us as we walk in you. And just ask for your blessing over it all. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. Yeah, brother. God bless you. I'm so glad you came on. And everyone, uh, just to reiterate, I'll put Dan's website. I'll put that phone number in the show notes. And so please reach out to Dan. And uh, God bless you, brother. Yeah, bless you too, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, brothers and sisters, for supporting this podcast, for listening. Uh, Get connected with Dan. You can find him online. And just make sure that whatever you're doing right now, brother and sister, that you keep holding on to the love and light and God's love and God's light. Everything else is being shaken. Everything else seems to be crumbling. And that's a good thing for what is true. What is real will remain. Everything false is being shaken. So I love you all brothers and sisters. Thank you so much for supporting me in this journey. Thank you for Dan for coming on the podcast and everyone. I look forward to talking with you on the next episode. Thank you, brothers and sisters, for listening. For support in your journey, go to my website, lucasmack.com.